3 John chapter 1 verse Hallelujah. 3 John chapter 1 verse 2 Glory to your name, Lord. Glory to your name, Lord. Glory to your name, Lord. We're talking about is prosperity real? Amen. Amen. Prosperity is real. To your neighbor, prosperity is real. Once again, 3 John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I wish, desire, pray, above all things that thou mayest what? Prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Now, we talked about how faith works the same in every area, but faith has to, de has to be developed in each area. Say it again. Faith has to be developed in each area. Just because you have strong faith that God is real, just because you have strong faith that God is your Savior and, and strong faith that he's coming again, that doesn't mean that you have any faith to be healed. And just because you have strong faith to be healed doesn't mean you have faith at all for prosperity. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because faith has to be developed in each area. And how does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, he says here, Beloved, I wish, desire, or pray above all things that thou mayest what? Prosper and be in what? Health, even as thy soul prospers. And we know verse 3 he talks about truth. Verse 4 he talks about truth. And verse 8 he talks about truth. Well, is there truth concerning the subject of prosperity? A couple people. Is there truth concerning the subject of prosperity? Yes. Is there truth concerning God's will for us to prosper? Amen. Come on, will the truth make you free? Amen. Yes. Come on, did the Lord tell us that it is his will for us to prosper? Amen. Come on. Once again, he says, beloved, I wish, desire, pray above what? All things that thou mayest what? Prosper. And this is not just talking about spiritual prosperity. Amen. Then he says, be in help even as I what? So prosper. This is God's will for your life. Amen. Let me say it again. This is God's will for your life, for me to prosper, for me to be healthy, amen? And this happens as my soul prospers. Because you're not going to prosper externally until you prosper internally. Amen. amen? And it happens in your thinking. Come on, say amen, somebody. It happens in your speaking. It happens in your believing. See, you must quit thinking like a poor person. Come on, you got to quit thinking or quit talking like a poor person and you got to stop, stop believing like a poor person. Amen. And even though you don't have a, a dime in your bank account, you got to start agreeing with the word of God. You have to begin calling yourself blessed. Come on, and think that way and talk that way. Come on, say amen, somebody. And as you prosper in your soul, your thinking, your understanding and your speaking and your believing, it's only a matter of time. And still start showing up on the outside in your bank account. But in what you wear, come and it's only a matter of time until it starts showing up in the outside of your bank account, in your pocketbook, in your wallet. Come on, say amen, somebody. And what you wear, what you drive, what you eat, everything else. Amen. And you become a blessed, you become blessed to be a blessing. Now, we define prosperity. and We talked about what kind of God do we serve. And we went back to Genesis and we looked at how God revealed himself through two major redemptive names. One was El Shaddai, amen, and it reveals God's nature, his character, and his will. And we looked at the root word Shaddai, and we found that it's the word for breast. 
Come on, say amen, somebody. And just like a mother's breast, as is, a breast is an infant's total source of supply, guess what? God is our total source of what? Supply. We've seen when God revealed himself to Abram as Jehovah Jireh, the God that sees ahead and provides the supply. Come on, say amen, somebody. So that's the kind of God that they knew. Come on, has he changed? Has he changed? Come on, he was El Shaddai and he was, he was Jehovah Jireh in days past. And guess what? He's the same today. Tell your neighbor, he's the same today. Now, last Wednesday, we went back and we began to talk about this. See, God has identified himself in numerous places and it's in the scriptures with his title. Amen. He said, I am what? El Shaddai. Then he says, I am Jehovah Jireh. But he also called himself the God of Abraham. In other places, he said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we asked this question, what kind of God did Abraham know? And we turn to Genesis 12, 2. Turn there quickly. We know it says here in Genesis 12, 2, when God says, and I will make of thee a what? Great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name what? Great, and thou shalt be a what? A blessing. So he knew God as the blesser. He knew God as the what? Blesser. The one who made him rich. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, another question that we're, that, that, that's going parallel to what kind of God did Abraham know is what kind of man did the blesser know? What kind of man did the what? Blesser know. See, we're talking about the other side of the coin, folks. Because sometimes when people talk about prosperity, they only talk about God's side. Come on, say amen, somebody. And that's not enough because why? Because you must talk about the man's side. Because what? Our prosperity is not completely up to God. We have a huge part to play in how much God is able to bless us, folks. Now, you already know that God truly blessed Abraham. Come on, say amen, somebody. But what kind of man did God know? He knew a man that would always obey him. Oh, come on, say amen. A man that would leave anything, go anywhere, and give anything. A man who would obey, or would obey him completely and step out in faith. That's the kind of man God knew. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now go to Genesis 13. We know in the 13th chapter of Genesis, we read Abraham was very rich. And if you skip down to verse 5, Genesis 13, 5. It says, and Lot also, which went with Abraham, had flocks and herds and what? Tents. Come on. That sounds like Abraham, right? It said, and Lot what? Also. He also had what? flocks. He also had what? Herds. He also had what? Tents. Come on, is it okay to have cars? Is it okay to have houses? Tell your neighbor, yes. Noza says, Lot also. Lot also. Then it says, which went with Abram. This tells you why he was so prosperous. Why? Because he was with the man who was blessed. Question, does it make any difference who you hang with? Who you hook up with? Who you join with? Come on, say yes, somebody. See, you can see how clear this is in Scripture because why? Lot unhooked and went his own way. Then in verse 6 it says, And the lamb was not able to bear them that they might what? Dwell together, for their what? Substance was what? Was great, so that they could not dwell together. And it says there was what? A strife between the herdsmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanite and the Pesachites dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no what? Strife, I pay thee, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be what? We be brethren, is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. And if thou take the left hand, then I will go to the right. And if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the what? 
left. But notice, strife will separate you from the blessing. So stay out of strife. Tell your neighbor to stay out of strife. Then in verse 10 it says, And Lot lifted up his eyes. He beheld all the plains of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord what? Destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the Garden of Eden. Even as the what? Garden of Eden, like the land of Egypt, as thou cometh unto Zoar. Then Lot did what? He chose him all the plain of what? Jordan. He chose it, right? And Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. I want you to look at this now. Look at verse 10. It says, Lot lifted up his eyes. He lifted up his what? Eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan that it was what? Well watered everywhere. This was a big mistake. If you had been in Lot's place, what have you what would what would you have chosen? Come on. If he was smart, he would have said, I'm going now, I'm gonna have me a cow sale today. And I'm gonna get rid of some of these cows because why? I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying with you. If I got too many cows, we're going to have a cow sale. We're going to have a goat sale. Come on, say amen, somebody. We're going to have a sheep sale, whatever it takes. I'm not going anywhere. But Lot missed something along the way. Come on, say amen, somebody. He didn't recognize it. Amen. He didn't recognize that it was the blessing on Abraham's life that made him prosperous as he was. Come on, say amen, somebody. So when it came time to separate, he thought he was getting the best part of the land. Because why? He was looking at how lush it was. How lush it looked. Come on, say amen, somebody. Not realizing the grass may look good, may look green on the other side. But when you step over into it, you don't really know what you're stepping into. Come on, say amen, somebody. You can't always go by what you see. Amen. It may look good on the outside, but full of the devil on the inside. Hello. Can I get an amen out there? Hallelujah. You see, it didn't matter to Abraham. Why? Because he knew something a lot didn't know, folks. Come on, say amen, somebody. He knew he could be in a desert. And the blessing of prosperity that was on his life would turn that desert into an oasis. Come on, say amen, somebody. So in verse 12 it says, And Abraham dwelt in the land of what? Canaan. And Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom, sin city. Somebody say sin city. Sin city. Then you'll see in chapter 14 where he lost everything he owned. He lost all his belonging and ended up in a, in a mountain of incest with his daughters. Come on, say amen, somebody. That's how he ended up because of his choice. Because of his what? Choice. See, sometimes people don't realize, sometimes people don't realize how much they are being influenced by others. Then they unhook, and they think they got all this on my own, and they take off, and they get themselves in trouble. Oh, I'm preaching good in there. And I've seen it time and time again, even in this ministry. People who are on fire for the Lord when they first start coming to this church. But somewhere along the line, they decided to unhook and go elsewhere. Come on, I'm preaching good in there. And see, sometimes people don't realize how much they're riding on someone else's faith yes. until they go somewhere else. Yes. I've seen people do some stupid stuff, folks. Get into sin, start partying again, going back out to carnival, going back, back out to juvet. Come on, I'm preaching good in here. And losing everything they had and end up struggling in every area of their life. And some of those people never recover back to the place they once were. 
For one reason, their pride won't let them go back. Their pride will not let them go back to the place where they were, they, where they were receiving their greatest blessing. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? They didn't realize how much the prayer and the word that they were receiving was holding them and their family. See, you can't ride on people's coattail into heaven. But you can ride on people's coattail down here. Come on, say amen, somebody. You can just hang with them. And what affects them is going to affect you. So it is important who you hang with. Come on, think about it. If, if you're eating with me, and I'm eating lobster and filet, what are you going to eat? You're going to eat what I eat. Come on, say amen, somebody. If I'm blessed enough to buy it, you're going to eat it too. Come on. But if you're not there, and you're not eating with me, you're on your own. But I believe we have a whole church full of lobster and filet people so that other people can eat with you. Come on, say amen, somebody. But what kind of God did Abraham know? He knew God the blesser and a God that made him rich. What kind of man did God know here? A man that will completely what? Obey him. A man who was unselfish. A man who preferred his brother. And here's where a lot of people lose their prosperity. Did you hear me? Here's where a lot of people lose their prosperity. Look at Genesis 13, 9. Once again, it says, it's not, Abram talking, he says, Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. He said, If thou wilt take the left hand, he says, then I'll go to the right. And if thou depart to the right hand, then I will what? Go to the left. See, you cannot be selfish because your faith works by what? Your faith works by what? Love. Love does not seek its own, folks. It's not, it does not demand or insist on its own rights or its own way. It defers, come on, it defers to the other person. But can you see what a man Abraham was and what he is? Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, he's the patriarch. He's a man with a blessing upon his life. He's a man who knows God above anybody else around him. Come on, say amen, somebody. And he took Lot. He took Lot in when Lot didn't have a daddy of his own. He took Lot in when he didn't have nothing. He raised him like his own son. And when Abram made a deal, he would go, Lot, this is a good deal. Here's some money. You go buy one too. Every time Abraham bought, Lot, bought something, Lot bought something. Every time Abraham sold something, Lot sold something. That's how he got rich. Hanging with Abraham. Come on, say amen, somebody. And Abraham goes, listen, we can't have this strife. You pick one way, and whatever way you pick, I'll go the other way. Come on. I'll go, I'll, I'm going to let you pick. I'm going to defer to you. See, that's the kind of man God can bless. That's the kind of woman God can bless. Someone that's obedient and unselfish. Somebody else what? And what? Unselfish. Look at Genesis 14.1. Look at something else about Abraham. Genesis 14.1. 14, 14, and it came to pass in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar, Ariok, king of Elisar, and Shedalomar, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of nations, that these made what? War with Berah, king of Sodom, and Bershah, king of Gomorrah. Shinar, king of Admah, and Shemember, king of Zeboim, and king of Bela, which is Zor, 
And in verse 11, these four kings defeated them, and it says in verse 11, and it took all the what? Goods of Sodom and Gomorrah, and all their what? The victuals, and went their way. And they took who? They took who? Lot, Abram's brother's son, who was at the wrong place, at the wrong time, who dwelt in Sodom, and his good, they took his goods, and they what? Departed. They took everything he had and took him off as a prisoner of war to be sold as a slave or be killed. And verse 13 it says, And there came one that had escaped and told Abraham, the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mare, the Amorite, brother of Eschol, the brother of Anar, and these were confederate with Abraham. And when Abraham heard that his brother had, had, was taken captive, he armed his trained servants. He armed his employees. His what? Employees born in his own house. 318 and pursued them unto the end. Come on, I told you the man was rich. Come on, it took all of these 300 people just to handle all his stuff. But notice he had friends that dwelt next door. Come on, say amen, somebody. And it says him and his friends, he divided himself, and he and his what? Servants, him and his staff, they're what? They're going against four kings. Four what? Kings. What kind of man can God bless? A man who is not afraid. A man who is what? Not afraid. A man who believes God can do anything. Come on, a man that believes it's not too late for God. Amen. A man that believes it's not impossible. Nothing's too hard for my God. Amen. So they went and did what? They attacked these guys. Because why? He had some tough employees, folks. And it says, by night, and they smote them, pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And look at verse 16. And he did what? He brought back. All the goods. He brought back what? All the goods. And also brought again his what? Brother Lot and his goods. And the women also. And the people. Come on, this was a miracle, folks. Would y'all get y'all eyes off the butterfly and look up here? Butterfly ain't bothering y'all. <laughs> My goodness gracious. Amen. Come on, it says he brought back all the goods. And Brother Lot, his, all his goods. And the what? Women also. Then in verse 17 it says, And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Chedolomar, and the kings that were with him at the valley of Shaveh, which is at the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Sodom, brought forth bread and what? Wine. And he was the priest of the Most High God. And in Hebrew it says this is a type of our what? Of our price. Who is who? Jesus. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Bless be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. He's talking about Abram being possessor of heaven and earth. And bless be the Most High God, which has delivered thy enemies into thine hands. And then it says, he gave him what? He gave him what? Tithes of some. Of all. What kind of God did Abraham know? He knew God the blesser. And he knew God who made him rich. He knew God who delivered him. Come on, say amen, somebody. He knew God who protected him. Come on, say amen, somebody. What kind of man did God know? He knew a man who would obey him he knew a man who would leave anything. He, would, he knew a man who would go anywhere and give anything. He knew a man who was unselfish. Come on, a man who would, who would walk away from the best and defer to his brother. But a God also knew a man who was a tither. Who was a what? Was a tither. So what kind of, what kind of man? What kind of woman can God be blessed? Can God bless like he did Abraham? Someone obeys. Someone that's not selfish. Someone that would defer to someone else. 
Come on, say amen, somebody. And somebody that will tithe. Oh, there goes the tithing thing. I didn't get into it. It's, I'm just reading the Bible. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, people want to clam up when you hear the word tithe. Listen, we don't, we don't ask anybody for anything. We don't twist your arm to give, and we don't twist your arm to tithe. Come on, I tithe, this ministry tithe, because why? I know where my blessings come from. I'm not stupid. I'm not dumb. Come on, say amen, somebody. But get the picture here. Here comes the priest of the Most High. Abram comes along with all his employees. He's come home with Lot and his family. He comes home with all the money, all the stuff. He knows why he didn't get wiped out by the armies of the four kings. He knows why. He knows why they're back home richer than they are when they left. So what does he do? He returns the tenth portion to God. And that's a big part of what tithing is. Tithing is worship. Tithing is acknowledging where your blessings come from. Do you hear what I said? Tithing is acknowledging who your source is. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. People who refuse to tithe are either ignorant of the word of God, or if they know it, they're proud. What do you mean? Well, this money is my money. I earned this money by the sweat of my brow. I was smart. I made the trade. I made the deal. I knew when to buy and I knew when to sell. I made that money. I'm not giving 10% of that to God or to no church. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. And these are ignorant people and proud people who don't acknowledge who gives them their every breath who don't acknowledge who gives them their, every, their, very, their very heartbeat. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. P these are people who don't acknowledge that without the grace of God, they wouldn't have made a dime. Come on, say amen, somebody. How many people know who your source is? Come on, how many people know who your source is? Where your blessings come from? See, if you know that and you believe that, then you have no trouble tithing. Because you know, as you gladly return the tempt to God, there's a lot more where that came from. Can I get an amen out there? What kind of faith, what kind of man, or what, kind of, what kind of man did God know? God knew a tither. Everybody say a tither. Come on, everybody say a tither. Let me give you one more. Genesis 17.1. What kind of man did God know? He knew a tither. Now, after all that, after Lot and his family had lost everything, didn't know whether or not they were going to be killed or sold, after all that, you know what they did? They moved back to Sodom. Somebody say dumb. dumb. Say dumb, dumb, dumb. They moved back into the city of sin. Come on. All right, what's up with my phones here? Equal number, sick kid. So it says, and when Abram was 90 years old and what? Nine. The Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am what? I am the almighty God. We talked about that before. Walk before me and be thou what? Perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will what? Multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying. And they talked about covenant then in, verse, in chapter 18. Go to chapter 18 verse 1. It says, and he lifted up his eyes and looked. Amen. Now the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mare, and he sat in the tent door in the what? Heat of the day. Because why? He didn't have to punch a clock. Come on, he's rich. 
He owns stuff. So it says, and he lifted up his eyes and he looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And listen to this now. And when he saw them, he ran. He what? This is pretty good for a 99-year-old man. He what? He ran. Come on, say amen, somebody. He ran to meet them from the tent door. Then not only that, and he bowed himself toward the ground. Now, he's a multi-billionaire. He's the big man in these parts. But notice what kind of God, what kind of man God can bless. A man's not only humble, but a man who is hospitable. Who's what? Hospitable. In the New Testament, there are several scriptures that tell us to be hospitable. We'll go to Romans 12, 13. Let's look at, let's look at a couple of them. Romans 12, verse 13. He was a man who was hospitable. Romans 12, 13. Are you there? Notice it says, distributing what? Distributing what? To the necessity of what? Saints given. Given to what? Hospitality. Amplified Bible reads it this way. Contribute to the needs. Listen to this now. Contribute to the needs of God's people. Sharing in the necessities of the saints. Then it says, pursue the practice of hospitality. He says, pursue it. Per what? Pursue it. But yet, guess this one's not. Yet I still have people with issues of going out their way just to give somebody a ride to and from church. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. And we'll leave them standing there without a bit of concern. And he says here, pursue the practice. Pursue the what? Practice. The New Living Translation reads it this way. When God's people are in need, it says be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Always. Somebody tell somebody, say always. The Living Bible reads it this way. When God's children are in need, you be the one to help them out. And then it says, and get into the habit of inviting guests home for dinner. Or if they need lodging for the night. (laughs) Or if they need lodging for the night. Come on, this is godliness, folks. Amen. And don't look over this because why? We're talking about what kind of man or woman God can bless. Do you hear me? We're talking about what kind of man or woman God can bless. You must be a man or woman who loves to bless people. I got a couple of amen. You must be a person who loves to practice giving. Making people comfortable. This is why you need a house with five bedrooms. Matter of fact, and an extra house. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, you can say, listen, you can stay in my extra house over here. And while you're here, you can use one of my cars. I have 12 of them. Come on, is anything wrong with that? Sinners have 12 cars. Sinners have several homes. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Promise and I were having dinner with a wealthy man. And just as casual... He, was just, he wasn't bragging. He was just talking about the home he had in California, the home he had in, in Florida and Mexico. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. See, people like that, they have a ski home. They got a winter home. 
They got a summer home. Come on, is that just for people who sell pornographic magazines? No. And sell drugs? No. We should have houses. Amen. Cars. Amen. Come on. Now, if you want, if you, listen, if you don't want this, you're in the wrong room. Come on, say amen, somebody. We give you an opportunity to go leave right now. <laughs> because why? If you stay in here, this is going to get in you. And it's going to get on you. Come on, say amen, somebody. Are you with me out there? Look at 1 Timothy 3, 2. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. It's talking about leaders. People short themselves trying to be humble. You don't want the other house? Give it to somebody else. Use the house of the, the gifts. Of the, hey, you want to come down to St. Thomas? Hey, I got about five houses. Which one do you want? First Timothy 3, 2 is talking about leaders. Is that a bishop then must be what? Blameless, the husband of one wife. Vigilant, sober, of good behavior, and what? Given to what? Hospitality and then apt to teach. The Good News Translation reads, A church leader must be without fault. He must have only one wife, be sober, self-controlled, and orderly. He must welcome strangers in his home. And he must be able to teach. He must welcome strangers into his home. So you need that five-bedroom home. Say, I need a five-bedroom home with a bathroom in each bedroom. <laughs> Go to 1 Peter 4, 9. First Peter 4, 9. Notice what it says here. Use hospitality one to another, oh Lord. Without what? Without what? Without what? Grudging. As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The English Standard Version reads, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Without what? Grumbling. When you start grumbling, that's sin. Oh, Lord. When the Lord tells you to do something in his word and you start grumbling about what you do, what's that called? A sin, folks. What you doing? You're ignoring and casting aside the written word of God. Yes. Amen? I don't care how you feel. I don't care how you feel. I don't care how you feel. If someone asked you for something as simple as a ride, you should put a smile on your face and say, sure, no problem, cheerfully. See, if you do it, no matter how you feel, your feelings will change. I'm preaching good in here. Come on, I've had people tell me when I've seen them out, and I, out about, and I ask them, why haven't I seen you? They'll say, well, so-and-so said they couldn't pick me up anymore. So I haven't been able to come to church. They said it was too much for them. So I'm preaching good. See, you have to decide to obey the word because Jesus said so. He said, be given to what? Hospitality without grumbling. Oh, Y'all got a little quiet in here. 
Hey, Shiki, go, my, 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 shit. The glory was just in there. What, the glory lit all of a sudden? <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. Go to Hebrews 13, 2. And that's why the book of Hebrews talks about referring back to Genesis 18. That's what it's doing here. He's referring back to Genesis 18 and Hebrews 13, 2, where it says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers. For thereby some have what? Entertained angels unaware. You don't know who you're helping out. You could be helping out the next kin of Copeland. Neff Keith Butler. You don't know who you helping out for. Come on, say amen, somebody. If you go back to Genesis 18, 2, notice what it says. Genesis 18, 2. Once again, he says, and he lifted up his eyes and looked. And lo, three men, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he did what? He ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself to the ground. Abram did not know who these men were. He just saw some people coming, knew they were out on the road. It's been dry. They were out there with no, nowhere to rest. And he ran out there being 99 years old. And verse 4, he says, Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched. And wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. See, foot washing has become a, a religious ritual, but it was always a, a, a hospitality thing. Come on, it was an act of love, it was an act of receiving somebody and making them feel special. That was, that's what foot washing was about. Come on, say, it wasn't no religious ritual. Look at verse 5. Once again, he says, I will, fetch you, I will fetch you a what? A morsel of bread. He said, comfort ye your hearts. After that, you may pass on. For therefore are you come to your servant. And they said, so do as thou hast said. And Abraham did what? He hastened to the tent unto Sarah. And he said, I know my wife's a good cook. I know she's going to cook you up something. Come on, say amen, somebody. Honey, honey, make ready quickly. Come on, give them your best. You know that, you know that. I, I, I really, yeah, give them that. <laughs> quickly, three messages of fine meal needed. Make cakes upon the earth. Come on, I want them real special jolly cakes. <laughs> the Maggie makes, come on. <laughs> and Abram ran into the herd. And fetched a calf tender and good. Oh, yes. Gave it to a young man, and he hastened to what? Dress it. I want it nice and tender. He took butter and milk and, and the calf which he had dressed, and he sent it before them. I mean, this thing was elaborate meal. Come on, say amen. And he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. Now, here he's a multi-billionaire. He's extremely rich. He's the man with the blessing. He's standing up waiting on these guys. Now, we know his servants were doing it, but he's standing up there making sure that everything is okay. We're seeing what kind of man, what kind of woman God can bless. Oh, come on. You hear me out there. We're seeing what kind of man what kind of woman God can bless. And once again, we can see why people are not blessed like they should be. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. See, my mom has always been like this. She would find something to cook. Come on. Say amen, somebody. She would ask people to stay just so she could serve them. That's the way my mother was. 
And she'll keep going and going and going and going and going and going. And sometimes won't eat herself like some other people are, are like that in this room. <laughs> and they won't eat themselves. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. But one of the biggest reasons people are not hospitable today is selfishness. Selfishness, plain selfishness. People just don't want to fool with you. Come on, say amen, somebody. They're just too busy. They don't have time. They don't want to spend any money on you. Come on, it's just selfishness. Tell your neighbor selfishness. Then it's also pride. See, people don't want to see, want, they don't want you to see how they live. A lot of times they're pretending like they're more well off than they really are. So they don't want you to come over to their house. See how you really live. <laughs> and that keeps people from being a blessing like they should. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. Somebody say hospitality. Come on, somebody say hospitality. So they're sitting there and they're having their meal. And then verse 16 it says, And the men rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom. And Abram went with them to bring them on their way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abram that thing which I do? Listen to this now. Before he talked about Sarah, before, he talked, before, before this, he talked about Sarah having a baby. Amen? But think about it. What would have happened if he would have just let them pass on without doing anything? Not saying or doing anything for them because why? He was too busy. Because he didn't have time. After they have eaten and they're ready to go, it says Abraham went with them to bring them on their way. In other words, he walked all them out. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, that's godly, folks. Say neighbor, that's godly. And as he walked out with them, as he what? Walked out with them. He didn't say goodbye, uh, you know, you know where the door is. No, he walked out with them. And as he walked out with them, and it said, then the Lord said. Then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? What if he hadn't walked out with them? What if he hadn't even went out, he hadn't went outside? Just said, see y'all. But he didn't, and what happened? The Lord began to tell him about Sodom and Gomorrah and gave him the opportunity to intercede on their behalf. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. What kind of man did God know? What kind of man, come on, what kind of God did Abraham know? God knew, Abraham knew the God who was the blesser and he knew the God who, who made him what? Rich. Somebody say, that's my God. He knew a God who what? Who protected him, restored everything that was stolen from him. Come on, say amen, somebody. He knew a God who was, who was faithful. Faithful to let him know what was going on. Faithful to give him a chance to pray about his kinfolk. Being spared from an inedible judgment that was coming. How many people know wealth is, is a lot more than just having a lot of money? Say it again. Wealth is a lot more than you just having a lot of money. See, this right here is being rich. When you are so close to God and your relatives get into trouble, he tells you about it and gives you a chance to pray for them and cause it to stop. That's being truly rich. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. What kind of man... Did God know? He knew a man who was obedient. He knew a man who was unselfish. 
He knew a man who was a tither. He knew a man who was hospitable. And he doesn't stop there. Look what else he knows about the man. Verse 18. And seeing that Abraham should surely become a what? Great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth should what? Should be blessed in him for I know him. For I what? I know this man. This is the man that I know. That he will what? Command his children and his household after him. In other words, he's going to teach them the same thing he knows. They're going to do the same thing that he does. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. Why? That the Lord may bring upon Abram that which he has spoken of him. Come on, say amen, somebody. Because why? This is the kind of man or woman God can bless and make rich. Lift your hands to the Lord and begin to give God praise. Come on, it said that the, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. Because why? He knew the kind of man Abraham was. Now, how do you line up with what we just read about Abraham? Now, let me ask that again. How do you line up with what we just read about Abraham? Let your hands to the Lord. We give you glory, Lord. We give you honor, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Ha, that's it. He said he'll command his children and his household after him. He'll make sure that household keeps the way of the Lord. Oh, you hear me. He said, he'll make sure I know him. He'll make sure everybody in his house will keep the way of the Lord. As for me in this house, we will serve the Lord. He knew that about Abraham. He knew they would do justice and judgment. They would always do the right thing because they was trained by the man that I know. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? That the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him, that he will be blessed to be a blessing. Father, we just thank and we praise and we glorify you. 